Hey, thanks, Grinch, <laughs> and thanks, Dustin. I'm glad to be back. I missed it last week. Mm. You weren't here last week? I didn't miss you. I understand. <laughs> That's reasonable. We did not have a, a, a counterpoint to all of our points. <laughs> uh, well, I think uh, that was a short-lived experiment. My conservative well, persona was impossible to maintain. They just... They're, <laughs> They don't know what they're talking about. It's crazy. What was funny, though, was prior to the show, Ray read an email where someone was like, oh, I just started listening. I love when Ian and Jared fight with each other. And then Ray's (laughs) like, Ian's not coming tonight. So, (laughs) Well, now I'm back, you son of a bitch, Jared. It's on, (laughs) motherfucker. Welcome to the Profane Argument Podcast, a.k.a. the Soaring Eagles of Freedom. Put the emphasis in the wrong place there, but... Hey, that's good, though. For Tuesday, September 15, 2020. Why is it good? Because you're like, the Soaring Eagles of Freedom! (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, it's a new graphic. (laughs) Look at him soaring off of Mount Rushmore. (laughs) My name is Ray, and along with me are... I'm Karen. I'm Jared. (laughs) <laughs> the picture, I'm sorry, Ian, the picture. The triumphant return of Ian. <laughs> Hooray. Uh, all right, I'm sure we'll, we'll settle in here in a minute. It, it was the little baby legs. <laughs> <laughs> On this podcast, we talk about news, politics, religious nonsense, and sometimes really weird pictures of Donald Trump. <laughs> I give our opinions from a secular point of view. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, you can sign up on Patreon and join us as we record on Discord live on Tuesday nights right around 9 p.m. If you can't do that, you could post on our Facebook page. Actually, post to the Facebook group. You can join the group. Facebook.com slash groups slash Profane Argument. Or uh, just search Facebook for Profane Argument. There's not uh, like multiple ones out there. Or you could tweet us. At Profane Arg. This week, uh, we'll be talking about Bob Woodward and uh, the Rage book, I'm, I, I promise you. But uh, <laughs> but first, I had a few things I wanted to talk about. I wanted to get into religious nonsense first. Mm. A article, a couple articles from the Friendly Atheist, Ken Ham and the Answers in Genesis group that run the Ark Encounter. There's uh, some... some uh, I don't know, some news came out about the people who are employed there and just how shitty they are treated in what the the one woman says. Every single existing department is just completely based on disparaging people, running people into the ground, getting as much work out of them for low pay, which hmm. I think some of us have experienced that in various jobs. But wow, how Christian of them. Nothing about what you just said surprises me. <laughs> absolutely yeah. not. I mean, it's all a money grab, so it makes absolute sense that they're, you know, squeezing the last dollar out of their employees as well. So, sure. Uh, the woman who came out and was talking about it said that she personally experienced or had work workmates experienced dishonesty, bullying, overwork, illegal discrimination, harassment, and blackmailing. Blackmailing? Yeah. Interesting. 
It's like a little mini Game of Thrones going on over there at the Ark Encounter. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, the one day, uh, the one experience that she relates, the one day her car was broke down, a workmate who happened to get off at the same time gave her a ride home. She said to always felt safe with this guy for many years. He got into trouble for zero reason other than he was alone in a car with a woman, and he was forbidden on giving women rides home in the future. Whoa! <laughs> That's fucking nuts! Yeah. Wow. You can't be alone with a woman? Our vice president can't be. But that's self-imposed on himself. Right. <laughs> you know, that's a life choice. Oh, but the, but the point of all of this is to make all of us comply with their rules, remember? So that makes perfect sense. You can't do that because I can't do that because Mother says I can't do that. <laughs> I was waiting for this story to turn and be like, I've trusted this man, and then he then he tried to rape me in the car and said he would blackmail me <laughs> if I didn't. And you're just like, no, the bosses were like, you can't be alone with a woman. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you know, there are just some rules that are meant to be broken. <laughs> my first year of college... I moved into a house with two other guys, and the landlord said, there's rules you have to abide by in this house, and no women are allowed in this house after 10 o'clock. And we all nodded and said, what? okay. And they walked out, and we're like, <laughs> what happens? <laughs> how is that? How, what? Don't ask. Don't wow. ask me. They're okay up until 9.59 and think it's weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, 10 o'clock, you know, women, they, they're like uh, – Gremlins, you can't uh, you can't be around them. Right. Or... <laughs> right. <laughs> um, another weird, I, I don't know, maybe not so weird. This one's less weird. Jim Baker, uh, because he was forced to stop selling his uh, fake all-purpose cure for COVID. Yes. Uh, he is now selling buckets of food. He has 115 buckets of food that's what he's calling them joseph's storehouse food offer you can get a bucket of food for the mere ten thousand dollars oh <laughs> oh it's survivalist food. it is supposedly it is full of huh. dried whole egg powder vegetable stew pancake mix beans oats and more it claims to have twenty seven thousand seven hundred servings of food at no point do the people watching him go, man, this honky's always trying to sell us shit. <laughs> <laughs> Supposedly, the bucket of food has a shelf life of 30 years. Mm. So I'm sure it's delicious. Now, if there was going to be, you know, an apocalypse or a zombie, you know, breakout, that's worth getting. It'll keep you alive, but you don't want to eat it. It will just keep you alive. Well, I don't think he's selling it because it's delicious. Well, <laughs> true. So what's he saying? So he's saying for the apocalypse for all you poor suckers that are left behind? Yeah, what's the angle here? Who is this for? Well, it's yeah. well good people it's, going to heaven. <laughs> it's for anybody who's willing to shell out, you know, $10,000 for a bucket of food. But uh, I, mm. as the friendly atheist pointed out, um, it's called Joseph's Storehouse of Food. In the Bible, Joseph was a leader in Egypt. And he knew that a seven-year famine was coming, so he hoarded mm. a bunch of food and then sold it back to his people in their time of need. <laughs> well, that was nice of him. Genius. <laughs> so it's like a, you know, tale on capitalism <laughs> and how bad it could From be. From the Bible. Wow. But he's actually the one, like, he's selling the Joseph's storehouse food. Like, I don't – these people are supposed to have read the Bible. How do they not get this? He's he's fleecing them because of the pandemic. I Okay. Yeah. 
But I just give I, I give human beings way too much credit. Yeah. <laughs> like one to just be like constantly churning out bullshit to sell to these people when he's supposed to be what he's supposed to be a preacher, right? Or what is he a reverend? I don't know the fucking difference. Mm. Uh, yeah, he's supposed to be a spiritual guide in any case, right? And that's what the shows would be about. And then like they got this separate angle where it's like QVC hour on the show, and he's always got some something to sell to them. I think Trump was a bit of a revelation for a lot of these people. They didn't know that they could sell people this level of stupidity. But Trump told them, oh, my God, don't buy anything. Oh, I giant would buckets of food. hate to stop you <laughs> on that train, but do you are you suggesting that televangelists only recently began fleecing people since Trump's been president? No, 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 no. no. I, I'm saying that they are upping the game. Oh, recently. they're not upping their game. Mm. This isn't an up game. This is as lazy as it's ever been. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe I'm just lock- looking at them more nowadays. I think so. Mm. Yeah, and as uh, as Jeff pointed out in Discord, he went to jail for scamming people. Like, that's mm-hmm. one of the things he's known for. Well, but that's that's just the man trying to keep him down, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, and listen, I've learned this week, the more you expose them, the more these people double down on them mm. it's like a it's like a no-win situation you just what are you gonna do just fine be a sucker for the rest of your fucking life yep there'll always be people like jim baker to take advantage yeah you ray and i were actually talking about this when we were taking our walk today around the neighborhood you're never going to talk these people out of their cult you can pose questions to them that maybe potentially might get them to think but you're not going to talk them out of it well, I also heard that shame becomes a big part of it, too, and they don't like to admit that they're wrong about something. Sure. Well, nobody does. And, and I do and, – and not to swing it around the Trump, but I do feel a lot of Trump people who are like, oh, I'm definitely Trump, are like secretly might vote for Biden. <laughs> mm. I'm sure Ian's seething at my very notion <laughs> that I would say this, but <laughs> like for them, it's like – it's a, it's a game. It's like watching football and – like, you can't ever turn on the Giants. The Giants are my hometown team. God, and meanwhile, you go, God, the Giants fucking suck. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Could be like that. Like, maybe you've just yeah. given Jim Baker thousands and thousands of fucking dollars, and you're, like, realizing, like, boy, all this shit is worthless, but what am I going to do? Pot committed. Yeah, what am I going to do? Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's definitely how Scientology works. They get you so far mm. in before they start revealing what they are actually about. What is it? Um, there's a. Uh, it's it's the same as pot committed. You've you've invested so much that. Is it like is it? You, but is it like a brand loyalty thing? I don't know. Yeah, that's part of it. But why can't like and it, I mean I don't know if this is if that's this it. is the same as like you know I used to like certain game companies because they made great games and then they started making shitty games and I was like well I'm not falling for your shit anymore you know. And not buying the game right away, instead waiting. Why is that so hard for the, for people to do? Because they're not coming out with another Bible. They're all still on Diablo 1. Jeez. And Grinch reminds me, it's the sunk cost fallacy. It's the, the, uh, the thought that you've sunk so much into it that you can't back out now because all of that money will be gone. Well, it turns out if you put more money into it, you're only going to lose more money. Right. Yeah, the, this line of thinking gets you into a lot of trouble. I have a little analogy. But first, the, my first analogy is in poker. The idea that, well, mm. I've put so much money in this, I just got to put the rest of my money in when you know you've lost <laughs> is stupid. 
that just guarantees you're going to lose all the rest of your money. All you have to do is fold and you can keep what you have left. So yeah, I've never, I've never, I've never understood that if, or hopefully I've never done that. Yeah. And I also, I have a friend who used the same kind of analogy. He, uh, he pulled a gun on a guy. This was when, you know, way, way back, but he pulled a gun on a guy and the guy didn't slow down, kept coming at him. Like he thought he was, his life was in danger. That's why he pulled the gun in his, what he said afterward was he, he was told at some point that never pull a gun on somebody unless you're willing to use it. So he figured, well, I pulled it. I might as well use it. And he shot the guy. Or or he could have not shot. Yeah. That's (laughs) the sunk cost fallacy. That's the, the whole, well, I've gone this far and I I better go. No, there's still a choice. There's always a choice. Right. Did the guy run him but over? This, oh no, they were they were both on foot. Like they were uh, the guy. Uh, oh, I thought you said he. I don't know. For some reason, when when yeah, I, I thought, thought he, he was driving yeah. at him. Yeah, no, mm. the guy was mm. the guy was just coming at him like uh, physically accosting. Oh, okay. No, he shot him and ended up you know spending a lot of time in in jail. So sure. Mm. Uh-huh, if this was Trump's America, get a fucking medal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so in any case, that. Is a fallacy. There's a reason it's called the sunk cost fallacy. <laughs> mm. It applies in a lot of things. It applies to religion. It applies to gambling. It applies to you know sending your money to some dude on TV. Pyramid schemes. There's all kinds of places where it it, it applies. Yeah, I I Don't- do not understand that because there have been plenty of times where my sunken cost might be driving really far to do something like maybe meet a woman. Or go to a party, and when it sucks, I'll leave. <laughs> and no matter how far I've driven, you know, right. it's not like, well, I've driven this far, I might as well stay the whole t- the whole fucking night. Fuck that shit, dude. If it sucks in fifteen minutes, I'll go home. <laughs> sure, yeah. But people do that in relationships all the time. They'll be like, "Hey, my partner cheated on me," but I'm going to give him, you know, a second, <laughs> yeah. a third, a fourth chance because. You know, I, I've already invested four years of my life into this relationship, and I want to just throw that all away. Y- you should. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just, just throw it all away. Yep. I mean, again, that's also saying, like, not the first sign of trouble, but, right. like, on the fifth or sixth one, maybe it's time to get out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the, the key to it, I think, to go back to the poker analogy, the key to the not falling into that, in poker at least, is when you when you put money on the table, it's not yours anymore. Disassociate yourself from it at that point. That way, you can. It makes it easier to walk away from. Look at the size of the pot. That is the, That is the pool of money that you're going for, not the money you put in there, but the the overall size of the pot. See, but I swear, and that must be pride, because pride. Even though I'm willing to back out of a pot that I've invested a lot of money in, there is that always twinge of pride that hits me, where mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't want to couch out to this bitch. Back out, man. <laughs> I want to show strength, but you know. <laughs> Showing strength when yep. you're clearly losing is not. Oh, I, I, I said it's a twinge. <laughs> I didn't say I do it, but there's that little bit that's like that, that old monkey brain kicks in. You right, know. right. No, no back down. <laughs> yep. So I find it interesting that we went down that path because the thing, the next article that I have on the Atlantic is talking about something very similar about having a focus to the bitter end, no matter what. Uh, it it mm. starts off with an, a tale of army ants. Army ants navigate, literal ants is what I'm talking about here. They will navigate by smelling the pheromones of workers in front of them. So if some reason the trail accidentally loops back, the ants become trapped. They become a (laughs) thick swirling vortex 
and they march endlessly until they just are exhausted or dehydrate. And the article goes on to explain how the United States, as we enter our ninth month of the pandemic, with mm-hmm. 6.3 million cases, 189,000, actually it's over, it's higher than that now, confirmed deaths. The toll continues to be enormous, and we are doing exactly that as a country. We're marching in the circle, not addressing the issues, and just waiting for people to die. Sure. I, hey, thought- I just want to let you know, it's burn your mask day in Milford today. <laughs> of course it is. Uh, oh that my would, God. The signs posted around. <sighs> Enough's enough. Burn your mask. Yes, nope. I, I heard that as well. I was uh, getting ready to watch something, and I stumbled on, you know, one of my local network affiliates was showing, you know, this week in Pennsylvania politics, and one of our state representatives was on there, and he's saying, well, you know, I'm just opposed to what Governor Wolf is saying because, you know, I've been speaking with my constituents, and and we just, the people are, are tired of it. They're tired of all these COVID rules, and they're tired of, of hearing about it. And I was like, well, there you go. It's cured. God, you just have to be bored with it, and then everybody's better, right? Yeah, of course. That's why they hired you, to be a dummy (laughs) on national TV, so they're not embarrassed. Hey, I heard Jared Kushner get on TV today and just go, Americans don't like to be cooped up, so don't coop them up. End of story. Get COVID. (laughs) Die, motherfucker. (laughs) If only that would happen to someone like him. No, he lives in a little bubble. Right, exactly. Yeah. He knows how serious well, it is. He gets yeah. tested, takes precautions every day. Well, even even Trump was asked, you know, aren't you? Because he had, did one of his indoor rallies, and he was he he was asked, aren't you um, afraid of catching COVID inside? And he goes, No, I am far enough away from the crowd that I'm safe. Right. That was his yeah. answer. We keep those very- monkeys on the other side of the fence. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, and the people closest <laughs> to him had a, were mandatory uh, mandated to wear masks, even though they didn't do it that oh, great, but. Right, and all the people that were behind him that were on camera, they were mad that they had to those wear Those are the ones I'm well. talking about. Okay, But yeah. when, asked, when so, they asked Jared Kushner, why do you not follow the mask mandate? Why do you fight this tooth and nail? His answer simply was, Americans don't like to be cooped up. <laughs> they don't like wearing masks. So, it's, I mean, like, who the fuck in the world does like that? Furries. Okay. Well, you, you got me. <laughs> the furries have been flourishing during the time of COVID. <laughs> Jeff, are you a fur? <laughs> I, I completely, uh, I, wow, I don't even know how to go on from that. Um, all right. Well, since we're on, uh, since we're on COVID-19, uh, some, some bad news, AstraZeneca, who's one of nine vaccine makers uh, who received money from the government in order to, you know, push the, uh, what's it called? Operation Warp Speed or whatever. Right. Why'd we yeah. get a Star Trek name? We don't deserve that. No. <laughs> But uh, they halted their vaccine trials because one person got seriously ill, a single event, and it's not sure whether the uh, supposed vaccine was a cause or not, but it doesn't matter. They have to halt it's- production um, on halt, well, no, not no, production. No, they did not. No, they did not halt production. They halted momentarily. They're actually back having an operation again oh, now. they are. They halted. Yep. Um, they just halted to make sure that it wasn't due to the vaccine, and uh, I guess they determined, or Trump determined, whatever, that um, it was not due to the vaccine, so they're they're back in operation again. So all of these vaccine candidates are all being made in mass right. right now, and they're just testing in small batch. So that way, the, if one is successful, they can you know send it out quickly. 
but yeah, they, the brakes were only on for a couple of days on that one. I guess it was not related. Okay. I, yeah, I don't see any update for, uh, for that, but, um, hmm. well, so that's good. So we still have nine possible makers. Of course, there's still discussion on whether or not they're going to charge, even though they've already received money for making it and distribu- distributing it. But in hmm. COVID-19 over in Russia, um, there was a publishment in the Lancet, which is a medical journal. It is, according to that article, it is clear that the Russians fabricated their data. If you take a look at the, and that has an example in here, a visual example, so you can get an idea as to what they're talking about. But if they, they had a whole bunch of different plots as to how many antibodies were generated in the people that were given the vaccine and way too many of the plots for these different people are identical and mm. getting two that are identical is next to impossible. And they found dozens of examples where the the plotting was identical so it's more like somebody took some of the data and copy and pasted in order to make uh to make the numbers work out for them classic russia so as we suspected that vaccine that russia came out with yeah probably not so much fraudulent probably not no surprise there yeah no but don't think that that's limited to russia uh there's an article on politico that is talking about how trump officials and cdc are manipulating the data um, there are aides uh, who work for Robert Redfield, the director of the CDC, who are complaining about the agency's uh, reports because uh, Trump has – the administration – I can't say Trump directly, but the administration has people in the CDC who are manipulating the reports to make sure that they are not affecting or having a political outcome before the CDC releases them. So not uh, impacting the stock market is what you're saying. No panic. We don't want to panic. <laughs> no panic. Well, really, I think what they're – not necessarily – I mean, I'm sure the stock market is, is on Trump's mind, but also the election. Like, he doesn't want the CDC to come out and say there won't be a vaccine before the election. Yeah, he keeps hinting that there's going to be an October surprise vaccine. That's that's not a safe proposition. Yeah, it really is not. <laughs> And just in follow-up to that, uh, there's an article on MSN.com, scientists being outraged about the uh, CDC manipulation. Yeah, I was just about to say, were we skipping over the CDC story? Because (laughs) No, definitely not. Uh, Yeah, the scientists say that the the words they used are aghast, appalled, egregious, and despicable in regards to the White House meddling with the CDC. And nothing's going to change. Well, yeah, I mean, it's going to continue to change. The the people who are doing the work are going to continue to be silenced and they're going to continue to be replaced with goons like this doofus who just come out and say, yeah, the CDC is working against Trump (laughs) with their science. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. The competent people are going to continue to get pushed down and forced out and fired and quit. And pretty soon every department in the U.S. government will be run by Jared Kushner. Preferably, <laughs> no, well, preferably someone who has spent their career actively working against that department, mm. which seems to be the head of every government department currently under the Trump administration. Or or you have stock in a competing business. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> or money to be made, yeah. Yeah. I, again, I am just aghast at how much control the president of the United States actually has. I remember hearing for years that the president's not really anything important. 
Yeah. Turns out he can just reshuffle shit left and right. Like the CDC? How is that not a Senate-appointed fucking thing? How is it How is it subject to political manipulation? However, it, it, it is being manipulated. It, it's ridiculous. I am, I am aghast and appalled. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I guess nobody would ever, no one ever in, in, in the whole 250 years that this, we've been a country go, no way the president's right. going to fucking manipulate a disease so he gets fucking reelected, is he? Oh, right. welcome to 2016. Like, yeah. I mean, I, but again, I just hope somebody is keeping track of this shit if we ever get out of this and go, all right, we need to make some rules here. And the president cannot just fucking willy-nilly appoint motherfuckers wherever he wants or pardon motherfuckers or fire people investigating him. Well, the, the breaks, that, again, the breaks that are supposed to be put into place are, were completely just, you know, Mitch McConnell in the Senate, just let him do it. And at that point, there's no stopping him. The, we, there is supposed to be a mechanism to stop this behavior, and the Senate just didn't. So you want to blame – there is equal blame in my book to go on that side of the of Washington. Well, absolutely. I mean, come on. We don't call him President McConnell for nothing. Right. Exactly. Again, right. but let's not go with equal blame. Like, he wouldn't have had to openly implement his own corruption if Trump hadn't existed. Right. Like, McConnell would still be a shitbag, but... <laughs> and will continue to be. Yeah, well, right, but that'll never end. <laughs> one of the one of the primary tenets of um, the, you know, the equal, co-equal branches of government is that it's the responsibility of the others to keep check on... They're supposed to be kept keeping check on, on each other. Yes. That's one okay, of the okay. foundational components. Okay, okay, Karen. But what happens when... And uh, maybe the, CDC, the head of CDC is a Senate appoint thing. I don't know, Right. But he's got all temporaries in there anyway. Doesn't right. matter. So, so. If someone goes and starts fucking around. Then what is the what is the Senate supposed to do? Impeach him? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you put your personal um, reelection over the lives of of United States citizens. I don't know how that. You're I don't know how that is our only course of action. Like it just seems one. It's a long process. <laughs> like, it is a long process. Yeah, he should have been impeached. Back in 2017, and he should have been impeached about 45 times at this point. He's done so many things that are I mean, if he outrageous and egregious. If he had somebody in the post office literally just going, the order is rip up all the mail. <laughs> then yeah. they would go, well, we got to set up an impeachment. Meanwhile, the mail's being ripped up for a fucking year. He had somebody put into the, to the post office and said, send out a card with faulty instructions on how to vote by mail. You got one of them. The instructions on it are incorrect. Yeah. yeah. Well, I hope Nancy Pelosi wrote a strongly worded, oh, strongly worded letter. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, she did. <laughs> mm. We're not back. We're not quite on all the Trump stuff yet, right. so I want to finish up the COVID nineteen okay. stuff. Um, I would suggest Jared that you not read this next next article. Uh, okay. It, it it talks about <laughs> uh, the idea that you can have COVID nineteen and the flu at the same time, and it Woo! goes into some detail as to how the two would interact in your body. Uh, let's just say it's not good. <laughs> uh, just death? Would it just be death? <laughs> if, sure. I mean, that's a possibility. Yeah. Uh, it talks about cardiac problems, pulmonary problems, uh, inflammation of the brain. Yeah. There's yeah. There's a whole yeah. So if you're hemophiliac in any way, you should probably not read this article. It's kind of scary. Damn, I burned all my mass today, though. <laughs> <laughs> Enough's enough, right? Jesus Christ. 
<laughs> I did also want to bring up one of the people we talked about previously, Ukraine Orthodox Patriarch uh, Falaret. I don't know how you pronounce that name. He's Ukrainian. Why would I know? But he blamed, we talked about him earlier because he blamed the pandemic on same-sex marriage. Obviously, it was the gays. Mm. It's their fault that uh, the pandemic is here because God hates the gays, so he's going to kill everybody just randomly. Not just the gay people, but just random death because he doesn't like gay people. Uh, well, he has COVID-19 now. That <laughs> So he's gay, right? <laughs> um, I don't know. But I guess it shouldn't make me happy, and yet. Mm. Oh, it should. Yeah, I think it's okay. Look at that guy. <laughs> I hope he goes into the church or wherever the fuck he's from and goes, COVID's real and I quit. Bye. Right. <laughs> uh, somehow I doubt it. His sunk cost has got to be super high. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, this place, because now he can just be like, well, yeah, I'm not gay, but I caught it because of the gays. Right. You can still blame all the gays. Yeah. Yeah. Well, people didn't listen to him and, you know, and acknowledge that the gays are the problem, so... Obviously, he needs to preach more. Yes, Jeff. I'm not advocating that gay people should get COVID for being gay. No. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we should be clear on that. Uh, last article about COVID-19. This is actually very specifically about Scott Atlas. Scott Atlas is the, Trump's new go-to guy for the pandemic. He's the, oh, the neurologist. Yeah, right. the, the radio neurologist <laughs> who basically has very little reason to be in charge of uh, the White House pandemic project, but uh, he pretty much is tr Trump's main advisor now. Uh, 78 researchers and doctors from Stanford Medical School, where Dr. Atlas got his degrees, um, have come out and said, stop passing falsehoods and misrepresentations of science. And they wrote a strongly worded letter to uh, yes! Dr. Scott him, Atlas. Him. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, got him! <laughs> I think it's worth mentioning just because this is where this guy went to school. These are people that he know. And they're going, yeah, he's full of shit. It doesn't matter. Well, they're yeah. part of his tribe. Because for some reason, the college you go to engenders much um, nostalgia. And it probably hurts him just a wee bit that they're stabbing him. And he goes home and sleeps on $100,000 worth of cash. <laughs> he comforts himself with yep. piles and piles of money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. I said a wee bit. Like, every time I hear about a group of people writing a letter, I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you're just telling me something I already fucking knew. <laughs> yeah. Basically. <laughs> or at least could have guessed. God, I am literally as jaded as Ian. You, you've... You've destroyed me, my friend. <laughs> That's how it happens. Oh Sorry, when you were telling me that, too, all I could think of is I had this image from, uh, you know, like a month ago when uh, the Conaways both decided they were stepping away from their respective positions. Mm -hmm. And then I had to, like, I transposed their heads onto Burns and Smithers having a money fight to cheer each other up. <laughs> I, always, I always go to uh, Zombie Land where... Uh, Woody Harrelson is wiping his eyes away with tears with $100 bills. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving on to Trump. I put this right at the top. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. Woodward's book, uh, Rage. Uh, if you haven't mm. heard about this book, I, where have you been living? I don't <laughs> It's everywhere now because 
way back at the end of January and all throughout. He had 18 or 19. I thought it was 19 interviews with President Trump. But uh, uh, then earlier on CNN, I heard 18. But in any case, mm-hmm. he had multiple 18 or 19 interviews with Trump, recorded them all and wrote a book based on his conversations. And uh, in the end, Woodward comes out with the idea that he is not fit to be the leader of this country. And again, duh. But (laughs) there's a lot in there about the fact that Trump knew that the coronavirus was deadly. He was quoted as saying, well, not just quoted, he, you can hear it on the recordings. You just breathe the air. That's how it's passed. Like, he knew how contagious it was. It's five times as worse as the flu, he said. I don't know if that's scientifically true, but. Yeah. He also, he knew how, how bad it was, how severe it was to pass between person and person. He knew that it was deadly. He knew that children could get it. Yes. Yep. I love these side-by-side videos of the audio and then what Trump said the next day in public. Right. The complete opposite. Yeah. It baffles me that he thought that – I mean, he, he knew he was being recorded. That was the deal. And he would call Woodward at night from, from the residence and just chit-chat for a while, telling him about the events of the day. I think he got it in his head that you know this is the guy that writes the big soaring biographies of presidents and he's writing mine. <laughs> Not this is the guy who took down a fucking president. Exactly. In the seventies, but Yeah. Well that's what a lot of people were saying is that he uh had a lot of respect or, you know, at least, you know, uh No, he thought he saw was that as, his right, big presidential book. Saw that as the big time. Didn't Woodward already write a shit book about Trump? Yeah. 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 And again, maybe because of the way this started, from what I understand is that and I thought this was going on from like early December or sometime in December. And it was supposed to be about the uh, impeachment and him getting off and not getting removed and him dealing with that. And then COVID hit and the whole tenor of the book changed. I wouldn't doubt that. The first recording was on January 28th, which leads me to believe oh, okay. that the, the talking about it had been, you know, probably at least a couple of months been, prior to that. Yeah. So it quickly became the you know, conversations about the, the, the virus. They are truly a cabal of dummies. No, oh, yeah. And that fucking white. Because apparently it was Jared Kushner who suggested this and said, oh, this is a great idea. Do tons of interviews with him with no aides or anybody around. Mm. And not one person's like, you want Bob Woodward to record the president? Are you fucking nuts? <laughs> this is why they need me there. <laughs> hundred grand, Donald. I work for a hundred grand. <laughs> Well, I, w- I would be willing to bet that somebody floated the idea to the president who would love, who loved the idea. Because he thinks, that, remember, he thinks he's the master manipulator. He thinks he is the, the grand poobah of, of deal making. He thought that he could talk Bob Woodward into writing a good book about him by telling him the truth. But I mean, anybody <laughs> around him might go, hey, like, no, don't even float the fucking idea of Woodward. Just mm-hmm. go, hey, get a, I don't know, some jerk, Jesse Waters from fucking Fox News to write a book about <laughs> you, because that'll be a great book. And either way, Trump will be like, yeah, great, a book about me, awesome, sounds great. But now he wanted Bob Woodward, and once he got the idea, there was no turning back, and he's surrounded by yes men who went, oh, sure, that's a great idea. Or they're all like, oh, maybe this will bring him down, I don't know. Woodward, <laughs> like, he holds sure. no pun. Like, from what I understand, that all the... Most of the shows and podcasts that I listen to, like, even the Democrats hate fucking Bob Woodward. <laughs> like, 
he comes into the White House and gets shit uncovered and, you know, and doesn't care. Right. You know, like he, he wrote a shit book on Obama. <laughs> yep. Well, it's funny because he has um, one of the great journalistic tricks, and he does it even when he's being interviewed. He was on CNN um, before we just started just before we started the podcast. He does not fill in the blanks in a conversation. Yeah. He lets you fill in the blanks. Yeah, partway through <laughs> sentences, he'll just kind of pause, and just I think it's just to see if you jump in. Yeah, because you if you're being interviewed by him and you jump in and give him more information. Because you're correcting him or whatever. He, he, yeah, he talks slowly and purposefully. And again, and, anybody telling me that Trump is a 4D fucking chess player. No. This guy, the first time he fucking got recorded and then went and said the opposite thing. Why would he ever agree to that again? Knowing full well this was going to come out. From what I understand, too, is that towards the end, like, the phone call started getting shorter and shorter because it was Trump literally trying to, like salvage the book and be like, oh, we, we did great on COVID. We did great. And mm. Woodward being like, you're not going to be happy with this book, my man. <laughs> like, yeah. like, it's pretty hard, right? Right. And, and after like, the last conversation, he tweeted like a half an hour after the last conversation saying the book coming out was going to be uh, fake news. <laughs> he knew at that point. <laughs> fake that news of my audio. <laughs> Don't believe what you hear. <laughs> it is the final test. Uh, yeah. And well, here's the thing. Which I I don't see a lot of people saying, like, Trump is going around going, yes, I downplayed the virus. I didn't want to cause panic. Mm. And then that's what their his supporters are like, see, he was trying to keep us calm. And I'm like, that's well, fine, but you still do the right things to keep people from dying. Well, that's the thing is, like, making sure people panic and withholding the information are two different things. <laughs> and right. he withheld information. Yeah, I don't think the, the the panic word, I don't think he he was applying that in any way to the populace. Well, no, he, no he's not, but that's what they're going with. Right. But right. He, even if you agree with that, how is lying to the public a good idea? Be Why not tell them a the truth and say, remain calm? Because like, the panic that he was trying to avoid was a Wall Street panic. He didn't want people on Wall Street to say- No, 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 I telling. know- <laughs> What I'm saying is, is that nobody's bringing that part up. Right. Mm. They're not saying like, oh, well, he, you know, you're saying, oh, he was talking about the stock market. And the people are saying, well, he was talking about us. But no one is going, hey, dipshit, if a train is going to come at me and you don't want me to panic, you're not going to tell me about the fucking train that's about to hit me? I don't think you'll understand. Because they didn't want you to panic? <laughs> I, he doesn't, he doesn't care. He doesn't care that almost 200,000 people have died in this country. He, not, Bob not Border, one Border. shred. Not, not a bit, no. Woodward had to explain to him that the virus was going to be the defining story of his presidency, not the stock market, not the economy. He still thinks that the stock market being high is going to sail him into another... He doesn't understand that that's not more important. To this day, he doesn't understand it. But that's a given. But that's a horrifying thing to say about somebody. That's a horrifying thing to... To think. He thinks that the stock market doing well is more important and a bigger story than 200,000 people dying. That's astonishing. See, I feel like this is bigger. This isn't just trying to downplay. This is straight up fucking misleading. Which, again, any smart person could fucking tell. But He doesn't care if people panic or not. It's about the stock market panicking. People How panicking is that not against the fucking law, though? <laughs> it is. It is against oh, the law. God. What's that? The president withholding information and letting people die? Yeah, just straight up fucking lying. Doesn't the president get to appoint the law? Yeah. It, or it should be against the law. Yes. Yes, it should. <laughs> 
It is not. <laughs> it's A-OK. No, have we, as we've been told by Bill Barr several times, nothing the president does is above the law. I mean, everything right. he does is, is above the law. Right. I mean, everything you're saying about Trump, I, you know, every, I knew that. Everybody knows that. But now you have mm-hmm. it on tape where he's literally saying, oh, shit, kids can get it now. This is bad. And then going, kids are virtually, like, invulnerable to it. Yeah. They'll never get it. Go back to school because I need yeah. the stock market up. And nobody's like, hey, man, you might have just killed a bunch of people. Meh. Uh, I think some people say that. I don't think it has any impact, unfortunately. Mm. (sighs) And it doesn't have any impact until they are personally affected. Then sometimes they go, oh, crap. Why did I believe that? Yep. Boy, all those people not thinking about voting for Biden, you better fucking vote for Biden. (laughs) Because when the fucking war breaks out, when Trump wins, I am going straight to your fucking house. (laughs) (laughs) You better get your parents voting, Ian, because that's the first stop I'm making. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I don't care what happens. They didn't vote. Make that stop. <laughs> they voted for Joe Jorgensen, guaranteed. Yeah. Now they're they'll, they'll uh, surely they will vote for Biden. Worst case scenario, they will mail in their vote for Biden, mm. and it will get lost in the mail. But there's drop off boxes. Won't. Maybe everything will go great. I, I do. I do. I am encouraged by the fact that it is a uh, a local process and a state process, not a federal process. Right. So, Listen to your county. Do what they say. <laughs> Honestly, I don't trust any motherfucker. I am I am going in on that day to vote. Mm. I don't care if I have to wear a fucking hazmat suit. And did you change? Did you change your mail in to in person? I didn't do mail in for this one. Oh, well, you just did it for the one time. I just okay. did it for the. I I assume I just did it for the primary. But you should double check. I mean, I haven't got anything to mail. Is early voting starts soon and like. PA, right? Well, if I, I don't I don't care. If I get it, I will go in that day and drop it off like I did last time. Just make sure it's an actually an official drop-off spot. Well, I mean, I went to the poll and dropped it off. You can't do that normally. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, they took it from me and did it and, <laughs> and handled it like it was fucking toxic waste. <laughs> <laughs> it might have just gone in a bucket somewhere. <laughs> oh. Well, I'll check. I mean, then I'll mail it. Double I'll, check. Well, there is a drop-off box instead of mailing it right. in, in my town, so... Yes, do that. That's fine, yeah. Now, Pennsylvania does have a, a rule that those cannot be counted until that day. Yes. So, and now the Trump administration is putting out a whole bunch of people to the different polling places to, like, look over their shoulders and to question any vote that that's is being good, cast, yeah. so... Good, that's do a- it! No, 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 no. That signature is not exactly the same. Not exactly the same. You need to put that one aside. Oh, that one's not exactly the same either. Oh, that one's not exactly the same. Oh, hey, they're, not that fucking, one. they're not fucking poll workers. Get out of my goddamn face. Unfortunately, oh. they have the have ability <laughs> to throw a question out and question any any vote that they want. Mm-hmm. Hanging well, chads, man. Then guess what? So can we. So why don't we do it too? Right. Instead of not playing their fucking game, play their game! Everybody else go to the polls, too, and question every fucking vote for Trump. <laughs> Bang. Easy. Done. All right. I think, pe- I think people need to really pay attention this year as to how their, their vote is, is being handled, as much attention as possible. Contact the local offices. Find out all the information you can. See if you can help. Like, I, we're really in a state of emergency. I think- I'm seriously yeah. thinking about going to work at my poll. Right. I know that they need people because old people are dying. <laughs> I didn't mean to laugh at that. <laughs> but I'm so rage-filled. <laughs> yeah. 
So the next thing I had on Trump, uh, something that he announced during the last week, the su- he has announced his Supreme Court justice picks a list oh of 20 new names added to an existing list of potential judges for the Supreme Court for any vacancy should one emerge. Did he need to do this? No. Is there no. an opening? No. Why did he do this? So that he could get people backing him. On the list... Or that, or that group handed handed him. Who's that group that picks all the judges that hands him the list? Oh, the uh, Federalist Society? Federalist. Yeah. yeah. Well, on the list, Tom Cotton, Senator Tom Cotton. Oh my... Are you fucking serious? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Senator Ted Cruz, uh, Senator Josh Howley, and uh, let me see, was there anybody else that I recognized on here? Uh, White House lawyer, Greg Katzis, Kate Comerfield, Todd, who is White House deputy counsel, and Chris- you don't, you don't, Christopher uh, Lando, who is uh, ambassador to Mexico. These are all people who were, who were picked by the Trump administration for their current jobs. You don't have to have been a former judge to be on the Supreme Court. I think that is the norm. <laughs> oh, what did I? Why would I assume there was some fucking hard rule? Right. <laughs> Bill Hall, here you go. <laughs> Supreme Court, because I'm the fucking president. <laughs> Further down the list, Rush Limbaugh, <laughs> Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are they really on that list? No. <laughs> no. All right, I take it back. This is not a list from the Federalist Society. This no, is a list. No. Of, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a joke list from Trump saying that I can appoint anybody I want to the Supreme Court. Look at these obvious political choices that I've made. I'm not even going to hide the fact that what we were talking about earlier about checks and balances are all three branches working together to conspire a Christian nation. Coup of democracy. I'm mm. shocked Vince McMahon's not on that list. <laughs> totally on the list. <laughs> yeah. Within minutes of this list becoming public, Tom Cotton tweeted out his his thanks, and he also said that, uh, you know, it's important for the Supreme Court to understand the difference between applying the law and making the law, and uh, he later added, it's time for Roe v. Wade to go. <laughs> and the Second Amendment protects your right to own a gun, period. Is that changed in some way? <laughs> right. <laughs> Did I miss something? It's it's time for Roe v. Wade to go. So he's going in, overturning a Supreme Court right. ruling. Wow. All right, then. Yeah, I don't think that's going anywhere. Like you said, I don't. I, I doubt any of those people would actually be a nomination for it. But it's just, it's just to pandering. get his base riled up again. No. Was Merrick Garland on that list? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. No. Strange. As, jo- as a joke one, just to stick it to people. Oh, and uh, uh, Merrick Garland's on the bottom of the list. <laughs> so one of our executive producers let us know that the Constitution sets no qualifications for the service as a justice. The president may nominate anyone to serve, and the Senate may not set any qualifications or otherwise limit the people who the president can choose. Oh, that's right. Because I remember, didn't Bush Jr. like appoint his cleaning lady or try <laughs> to nominate his cleaning lady? I mean, it wasn't really his cleaning lady. People said she was his cleaning lady, but like she had no experience or anything like that. And it got shot down in the Senate, obviously. Hmm. Whoa, don't say obviously. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it was a different time, my friend. Yeah, it was a different Senate. <laughs> no, no Facebook, <laughs> no social media. Hmm. I mean, it was a similar Senate. I'm sure McConnell was still there, but... Right. I think it was Harriet. My- it was Harriet Myers. 
the next conspiracy theory that has been backed up, uh, Michael Cohen's book that is coming out. I don't know if it, I don't know what the status of his book is. The, the book that he mostly wrote while he was in prison or, you know, at home. Yeah. Mein Kampf? What's that? He said book he wrote in prison, and I was like, Mein Kampf? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the name of his book is, actually, but in any case. It's, uh, <laughs> it's like, liable or. Oh, it's Disloyal. That was the name of Dislo- it. Disloyal. Yeah, Disloyal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In any case, he verifies, he talks about Jerry Falwell Jr., and the fact that uh, Falwell contacted him to get pictures buried as a, uh, what is it, catch and... Bear- catch and release. Catch and kill. Catch and kill, yes. right. So, yeah, Falwell, there were pictures of Falwell's wife that were supposedly the taken by the pool boy uh, that mm-hmm. were, were leaked. And Falwell wanted uh, Cohen to do a catch and kill and stop this from getting out. And Trump supposedly appointed and approved Cohen to do this because of Falwell's backing of the Trump campaign or maybe the other way around that Falwell said, hey, I will back you 100 percent and get the evangelicals behind you if you do this for me. Quid pro quo. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> yeah. I say any one of those scenarios is probably true. Oh, yeah. It was mutually beneficial. You know, I love how the press always, in every interview I've seen with uh, Cohen, go, you lied to the Senate. Why should we believe anything you say in this book? Mm-hmm. To which I, I swear, you know, Cohen makes up some bullshit answer. Just go, hey, I'm trying to make a fucking buck here, and it's the truth. <laughs> All right? <laughs> the guy threw me under a bus, and I lied for him to this, in the Senate. They went to jail a, for it. <laughs> I have a whole bunch of the tapes still. You want to hear them? <laughs> And the same thing with Woodward. I mean, you see what they're saying about Woodward, and, and this one is kind of fucked up that he didn't that he sat on this COVID information and didn't say anything. Oh, he's got that covered. He makes sure he says that he thought when um, Trump was talking about the virus, it was uh, the virus in China, not the virus when it was in the U.S., oh. which is a bunch of bullshit. I mean, that's fine. We got the info, but fuck you, yeah. dude. I. I, I I will say that he would not have get got um you know the interviews three through eighteen if he had have said anything on interview two and made it public. Right. He was trying to write a book. But supposedly this yeah. is not the first time he's done this. Like apparently yeah. he uh, did it with Bush Junior too in two thousand four. Had a bunch of damning information and released it after the election. Hmm. Well, at least it's before the election. I mean, he write, he releases it just before the book because he wants to sell books. You want to put a little bit of you know personal interest in that you can put a lot of personal interest in that but right but the the bush one was after the election yeah to well, which people I mean, are like if we knew this it would have been important for the election but think about it though if the if the tape had come out you know back in april may would it have made a difference which tape the tape of um trump saying you know it's a terrible virus it's airborne it's mm, deadlier than the flu it might have to who uh, a lot of, I mean, there might have been some people being like, well, I don't understand you saying one thing on this tape from just two days ago, and now you're saying this, like, it could have saved some lives. Sure. Not all of it them. Not yeah. all of them, but. I mean, for, for the most part, yeah, anybody. Yeah, but it would, this information, had it been released that early, it would have been, it would have vanished from the public mind well, well, well before the election. Like this, this in September, barely late enough. Mm-hmm that it could have an impact on the election. So I, I wish he would have held on to this even a little bit longer and released some of these late September, early October. Well, well, because not, but then his those would have been worthwhile sacrifices if it prevents Trump from being reelected. But mm. his book came out today, Ian. 
So he had, he had to get it. So, I mean, all, all I'm saying is, is like kind of a shitty thing to do because you're trying to make a buck. I get it. It is important information and that's fine. And I'm like, basically like, dude, it's out there. I'm happy. Now, could we stop shitting all over the guy? <laughs> because yeah. it's clearly he's a scumbag. <laughs> well, I think that he was, he was in, you know, book writing mode. And wasn't thinking about the greater implications. And he might have truly believed that it was, you know, primarily a Chinese virus. That doesn't mean he shouldn't have said something in July. Really? As of two weeks ago, he was still thinking that? Yeah, I know. Three weeks? I mean, come on. Yeah. But remember, there's almost 10 hours, 10 hours of audio. There's way more to come. That might be the juiciest of it up front, but there's going to be a lot more. That's true. You don't release the best part of the trailer in the, you know. And if you sit and listen to that 10 hours, you're going to be dumber for it. Oh, my God. I can't stand (laughs) listening to him. (laughs) feel my intelligence just draining away. He doesn't finish sentences anymore. It's really impressive. (laughs) Anymore? I don't know if he ever did. I mean, but he never does. It's always, you know, half fragment of a thought, fragment of a thought, fragment of a thought, all kind of somewhat related to each other. It's amazing. My favorite thing is when people actually write out the transcript of what he says. (laughs) Because it that then you truly were like, what? Where are we going? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he is continuing his uh, uh, the narrative that he is going to uh, stay in office longer than two terms. Uh, mm. This last week, he said that he would negotiate a third term. He said he's going to win Nevada. He was speaking in Nevada. He said that he would win Nevada. That he lost in 2016 and then after that for the third term we'll negotiate we'll see uh we'll see because of the way we were treated Mm. yeah i've heard him use a lot of different excuses for this for the Mm. because we were spied on because we deserve it yeah just continuing the narrative keep keep making sure to keep people you know that's in their mind that it's not an impossibility (laughs) it's called the soft opening yeah (laughs) Uh, then I threw this under Trump because, um, well, I thought it, <laughs> I thought it, we really needed to talk about it. Uh, the story came out, Karen put this on the list in Georgia, the state of Georgia, not the country of Georgia. Uh, the, uh, the private prisons where ICE is keeping immigrant, immigrants, there has been a fairly large number of women sterilized. And according to a woman who worked there, not, not with consent. There might be a piece of paper with a signature on it, but it was not explained to them in their native tongue. They didn't understand what was happening to them, and they were forcefully given hysterectomies. So let that sink in. In an ICE detention center? Correct. Yes. Oof. So these women are- That is Stephen Miller's shit. Mm. These women are being detained, being held um, until they can, you know, be deported or- whatever is going to happen with them. Who knows? Or just rot into prison, because that's currently what's happening. Um, and they are being... The, th- the theory is, the story is, that they are being taken off-site to a medical facility and given a hysterectomy without their knowledge or consent. Um, and in some cases, uh, the story was that they had extensive uh, periods, uh, extensive bleeding, and so th- they were taken there to uh, to tr- be treated. And yeah, the women are being returned, and they had no idea what they were undergoing until it was too late. Yeah. Now, whether this is a you know Stephen Miller purposeful, or if it's a private prison. Um, soaking money out of the government or a private doctor soaking money out of the government or just a, you know, a horrific doctor, whatever it is, should have been noticed and stopped or 
I mean, it's th- this story is bad. Oh, I'm so going I, with I'm going with A. Yeah, I distinctly heard an, possible. Yeah, I heard an interview with uh, this guy from MSNBC, this reporter whose name I can't remember, who apparently never got off this case with the kids in cages, mm. and started talking about how some backroom meetings about this and how they made people raise hands and how Stephen Miller runs all these meetings and wanted more people locked up. And his hatred for brown people knows no bounds. Mm. So for him to be like, fucking sterilize them, I would absolutely believe that. Yeesh. Yeah. He's a fucking monster. Yes, he is. He is a fucking monster. Yeah. So, I mean, I, yeah, I kept getting little tidbits about this story, but the stories get kept being pulled off by um, the, the mods on Reddit. So it took me a while to track down a good story and I finally found a couple of them. And yeah, it's there, the whole, um, there's a legal document that goes along with this of the complaint filed by a nurse that works there that is a pretty ter- terrifying read. So mm. going to keep how, an eye on this story. How do you do that kind of work knowing what you're doing? Right. You, you don't think of them as people. But everybody in the facility, I mean, these are doctors who have to perform this shit. Well, I doubt everybody was is, you know, that level of knowledge. Right. And mm. there's a nurse that complained about it. So a licensed practical nurse. Well, that's good. Emerges a whistleblower. So it, it isn't everybody. But they did a study, I don't know, it was Berkeley or somewhere, and they put um, a bunch of college kids in um, a, a pretend prison. I put half of them as um, as guards and half of them as prisoners. The Stanford and experiment? Is that what that's it called? It was a Stanford? Yeah. Yeah. And the people formed up tribes and the, the prisoners were treated horrifically by the guards. These are their friends, their, their co-workers, you know, the people that they went to college with and they were treated really horribly. They had to stop the experiment they were treated so badly. So people are shit <laughs> and will look the other way. I think they need a redo on that experiment. I mean, granted, that's one time and I believe it, but <laughs> but you're right. People are shit. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I had yeah. about Trump. I don't know if anybody had anything else they wanted to say before I moved on. But. I feel like you covered it all, but I'm sure there was stuff we missed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I did have – there's an article in on Politico. Uh, there's a survey that predicts an 11% point swing toward Biden – among evangelicals and Catholics. Again, I know it's a poll. People don't necessarily believe polls anymore. <laughs> However, uh, it is just a you know a, a snapshot into uh, how things might go in November. Uh, again, the the more I read, the more it seems like as long as uh, as long as we can keep people motivated, it seems like that uh, Biden has a a decent chance. Mm. Well, luckily, we have a guy who keeps opening his mouth every five minutes to, to keep you motivated. Yeah. yeah. And it's not Joe Biden. <laughs> no, his best uh, his best act at the moment is just be quiet and let Trump flap his gums. So a couple of stories, national news. The West Coast is pretty much on fire. <laughs> and uh, just along with that, NOAA, the National... National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. I always forget the oceanic part of it, but in any case, <laughs> NOAA has uh, has a new science denier hired as Deputy Assistant Secretary of Commerce for Observation and Prediction. That's too long of a title. He needs a shorter one. But <laughs> um, it's a position that uh, reports directly to Neil Jacobs, who is the acting head of the agency. And um, yeah, this guy has been an avid climate change denier for years. So mm. clearly, 
now that we have a huge number of tropical depressions headed our way, the West Coast is on fire, soaring temperatures for the summer, and, you know, let's just get a guy in charge of the, the weather the weather uh, department who doesn't think it has anything to do with carbon dioxide or human influence. Oh, and don't forget the giant um, chunks of ice falling off of uh, the Arctic and the Antarctic sure. in the last couple of days. Yeah. Did you see the little summit they had out there in California with Trump? Yeah. <laughs> where he where he just sat there and goes, you wait and see. It's going to get colder. Yep. And then when that guy's like, well, the science doesn't agree with you. And he goes, eh, science doesn't know what it's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> End of it. <laughs> also, I love Gavin Newsom trying to explain to him, like, hey, most of the forest that's on fire is under your fucking jurisdiction, dipshit. Yeah. You want to go rake it? <laughs> yeah. He's like, 3% of that forest is under control by California. 53 of it is controlled by the federal government. Mm. That's you. Well, and the reason he said that is when Trump was, you know, getting off the plane to in California, he said that, you know, the, it's the states really have to crack down on the forest management. <laughs> no, it's forest management. the states. And it's not forest management. Oh, and did you also hear the story of how, how, how forest fires start? In the same conversation, <laughs> he said, well, you know, you've got these trees in the forest and it'll fall over. And very shortly it dries out and it just bursts into flames. <laughs> is that what he said? I didn't see that. He's, I mean, I I summed it up, but he used those words. The the tree falls over, tree dries out, and you know, eventually, it doesn't have the water going through it. It just it just explodes. It bursts into flames. He probably mm. believes that. So, mm -hmm. just to follow up, but to make sure. <laughs> so he came out, said, but and again, I get part of this. He likes to, you know punish blue states mm. by denying aid and you know blaming them for things that were clearly his fault but he came out and said forest fires start because trees spontaneously combust it has nothing to do with climate change scientists <laughs> doesn't know what it's talking about and then we just moved on to the next thing mm -hmm. yeah. and just moments ago we thought that releasing the Bob Woodward information sooner would have made an impact <laughs> <laughs> Let me, let me just let me just rewind and double check. No, no, no. I said might have saved some lives. That's what I said. That's, <laughs> I just, that's all I said. Might have saved some lives. All right. I guess some. technically that's not false. <laughs> some. Well, if Trump would have just embraced it, just said what he said on the tape, if he would have said the same thing on air and said, look, I, I need everybody to wear masks. I need we need to get in front of this. So that it doesn't have an impact on, on our economy. Like, if he's so worried about the economy, fine. Just put it out there and say, we need people to wear masks so that people don't die. He could have said, I w wouldn't doubt that half the people who died, who are dead at this point, would not have died because of the coronavirus. Right. And the craziest part of that is that if he had done that, he would be sailing to a second term at this yeah, point. Absolutely. Would be. Absolutely. I, you know how many lives I saved by being honest with the American public? <laughs> Instead, he's like, do you know how many lives I saved by lying to the American public? <laughs> Not <laughs> Lost lives pissed people off royally. If he'd have come out and said, I'm going to go with what the scientists say because it's the best information we have, please wear a mask. We're a little in short supply right now. We're making them as fast as they can. If you can work from home for a while, do that. Here's how to make a mask. We've given you, provided you some instructions. I mean, all that stuff. He would be sailing, but no. Again, if you were about to be run over by a car... And I wanted you to remain calm and move it away. I think I would still tell you about the car. Right. Mm. At some point. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I just wouldn't go, <laughs> you're perfectly fine where you're standing. 
don't move. <laughs> it's It'll be get, okay. It'll be April <laughs> soon, and the car will just go away. <laughs> the car will stop before it gets to you. Don't yep. worry. <laughs> the car's going to sail right through you, and you're going to be perfectly fine. Mm. Not carefully move to the side so the car doesn't hit you. It's a, it's just unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. It's fucking unbelievable. And simple. Just so fucking simple. <laughs> but the stock market would have gone down a bit. And it that's did really anyway. Important. <laughs> like it did anyway. But now it's back up to record highs. So he thinks that he made the right decision at this point. Except there's more people out of work than that. I mean. <laughs> yeah, that's and that's the thing that I, I don't still understand is, well, I, I, actually I do, but it makes me very sad, is that, <laughs> that you know, there are millions and millions of people out of work. And yet the stock market is, is higher than it's ever been. Because the stock market's nothing. It's not. It's nothing tangible. Well, it is the value of companies that are specially picked to represent the economy, and clearly they don't anymore. Again, I don't fully understand how the stock market works. It feels like it's based on feelings. Yeah, mostly <laughs> to a lot of large mostly, part. Yeah, yeah. But like most companies are doing great. Amazon has seen a, a major uptick. All these telecom companies. It's small businesses that are really hurting. Right, right. They're well, not businesses in the are market. destroyed. Yeah. yeah, corporations are loving the well, pandemic. Especially sure. Amazon. Yeah. Everybody's staying at home and shopping on Amazon. Oh yeah, my the, goodness! The amount of money I saw a figure. The amount of money that Jeff Bezos personally has made during the pandemic, he could give <laughs> every single person who works for Amazon a one hundred thousand dollar bonus and still be profitable. Wow. That's how much money he's personally made. It's it. I mean, it's inconceivable. It's you can't think about that level of money. It's no. (laughs) There's something wrong with that, as we know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. I want to start wrapping. He still wants more. (laughs) He still needs more. Sure. Not enough. Couple lighter stories. Yeah. Kind of Netflix. Don't get too excited. (laughs) Okay. Netflix has asked the Goop Lab for a second season. That's right. Oh, I forgot it was a television show. Yeah, it's a popular show. <laughs> uh, I just, I, I really don't have anything about this. I just saw it and went, wait, what? Really? They got enough people that watched that that they wanted another season? I didn't even know there was a Goop show. It's a Netflix show. Yeah. <sighs> I didn't even know it was on it. They, it was never advertised to me. Good good looking out for me, Netflix. You know what I don't like. <laughs> oh, well. What about, what about Netflix getting blasted for that cutie show? Oh, that was movie? pretty horrible. Yeah. Uh, I didn't. I have not fully investigated, so I don't know. Like Netflix claim is very contrary to what everybody else is. Not everybody, but other people are claiming. So I haven't done enough research to know. Uh, I was discussing it because I was like, I thought it was supposed to be a commentary on exploiting children sexually. I thought that that's what Netflix came out and said. They said this has won several awards. Here's what it's about. I don't know why everybody's confused. My internet girlfriend watched it after we discussed it. And mm-hmm. she said it is no, it is n- neither commentary nor satire. <laughs> oh. And there's some real gratuitous shit in it. It's not, there's no nudity though, um, which I had heard on Facebook that they're just 11 year olds running around naked in it. Hmm. Well, it's the, um, the, the, cho- the kitty pageant stuff, right? No, this is more, oh. uh, um, it's a, it's about a Muslim girl, like, Getting into, she's like in a dance troupe or something. I, I, I'm really talking off the top of my head from what little information I have. And, uh, it then it's like explores her sexuality through that because, you know, they're pimping them out. There's, I was specifically told there's a scene where she gets naked and takes a picture of her vagina and posts it on Instagram. Hmm. 
These um, are all kids. They're 11 years old. Wow. Yeah, I mean, if you see the cover for it. Yeah. Instagram? I'm skeptical already. Well, skeptical. Again, I realize the cover was part of the controversy. Uh, it's not a documentary. It's a, it's a fake show. Oh, it's totally fictional? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, they're all actors. Hmm. Oh. Well, now I'm just confused. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm never I know, because know in the what... real world, she'd be posting that to Reddit. We all know that. <laughs> right, or Snapchat. Yeah. You would have sold me on that. I've been like, okay, mm-hmm. I understand that. But I was like, oh, Instagram, that's just something we've heard of. Yeah, I'll, I'll never know. That's the thing. I'm never going to risk watching that, mm. so I'll never know. <laughs> well, the whole reason we started discussing it, because I was like, I thought that's what it was. It was, it, was a, it was a movie commenting on the hypersexualization of children, and that yes. these morons, these, these mouth breathers who support Trump, just couldn't wrap that around their head and just say, it's 11 year olds old dancing, it's fucking pornography, ban Netflix. So I was like, I want to watch that just fucking piss them off now. And then uh, then we started discussing it, and then I was like, I don't really care. I'm not going to watch that. <laughs> and then she watched it, and she's like, it's not commentary, and it's not satire. It's just a movie about that. Hmm. But that's her point. I don't know if anybody else has seen it. No. No desire no. to watch it. Yeah. It's, no, it's every never time there's even... a hashtag cancel something, you've already lost me, like 90% of the time. Usually when you want to cancel it, that's when I want to go, I'm going to go watch it just to piss well, you off. Weren't we supposed to cancel Netflix because of... The movie 365? Oh. There was a movie on there about some Russian gangster who kidnaps a woman and gives her a year to fall in love with him or he'll kill her. I didn't. And, that sounds uh, interesting. Well, <laughs> no. It's, it's, uh, I don't know. Stockholm Syndrome? Mm. Listen, the right is just looking for a reason to fucking cancel Netflix anyway because they're mad that they gave the Obama some kind of deal. Bottom line. They are just <laughs> looking for reasons. Oh, uh, okay. And so again, there's an Obama show on there? No, I don't know. There's they sign some kind of deal, whether the Obamas are going to produce shows or whatever the fuck they're going to do. <laughs> Who the fuck cares what the Obamas do when they're not in office? I don't understand why it's a problem, but so Netflix is part of the problem now for them. Now, granted, right. if I were in charge of Netflix, I probably would have never touched this show with a fucking ten foot pole. No, just be like, hey, I think we're asking for trouble with this. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we have half a million other things. Why do we need to put this on? And, again, it was another thing that just was not marketed to me. I only knew about it because people were bitching about it on Facebook. Right. It never came up on my things you would enjoy feed. Nope. Mm-mm. They only know I like animal documentaries and Star Trek. <laughs> 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 All right. Last thing, real quick. Life on Venus. Uh, I just uh, I wanted to bring this up. Apparently, they, they found some gas, a couple of different uh, astronomers. One verified that uh, they found a gas that they didn't think existed on Venus, and they have no idea what has generated this gas. The yeah, in our experience, what's that? The only things that gener- in our experience, the only thing that generated is life or two other planets in the solar system. <laughs> Well, yeah, but the Fox consistency beam, yeah. of those other planets, it makes sense for the gas to be there. The consistency of, of Venus the, the doesn't. Yeah. So the, immediately, it seems that the media picked up on this and said, oh, so there could be life on Venus? And the scientists went, well, I mean, you said could be, so yeah, sure. Yes. That's <laughs> one possibility that ex- would explain this gas. This is not proof in any way. It is simply there's a gas there that we didn't expect to find. And yes, life 
can generate that gas. However, there's a host of other things that could generate that gas. It's just most of those other things are not expected to be found on Venus. So, so it's interesting. It is interesting. I just wanted to mention it because I think it's getting way blown out of proportion of the whole there's life on Venus. We No, we're not near that. Well, and it's interesting because the scientists have, you know, shot themselves in the foot again because in scientific circles, this is still super exciting. So they're like, oh, my God, this is fantastic. This is so interesting. Let's go tell the public about this fascinating, really cool thing. And the public went, life on Venus. Because <laughs> that's what the public does. They took it completely out of con- – the excitement that the scientists feel does not translate to the public. Exactly. All right. So it's I interesting. want there to be life on Venus. <laughs> so do I. I think it's cool. But this this was, yeah, this is, it's not life. It's a little premature. <laughs> and by a little, I mean it's a yeah. lot. So it's, it's premature. However. It's interesting. But it def- don't get too it excited. It definitely is interesting. And I hope that they, I, it, I would love it if they were to find proof existence of bacteria life that did not originate from Earth on another planet. Mm. That would be fantastic. I just don't want to get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. So that's it. That's all I've got. Does anybody have anything else this week? No, sir. I'm good. All righty. Um, well, we have a, a a small local news story. Oh, sure. We had a um, we had a, a wrestling tournament here locally that kind of snuck under the radar until the day before it started. Um, at 1,100 people packed into the the C3 Sports Arena, which is a uh, branch of. Um, the Christ Community Church, they created a sports arena out front of the church and um, had a wrestling tournament there. They had 1,100 people there and broke all of the COVID rules. Um, they had they were serving food. Um, they had fines. The local government could not shut them down, but they fined them a total of $10,000, about $300 at a shot. <laughs> so they gave them all the fines. Wow. But it still went on. That's cool. We'll check back with that in three yeah. weeks. Totally worth it, man. I mm. need my wrestling. Oh, by the way, <laughs> yeah. the, this place was um, funded by a grant from the government to draw in tourist money. Um, mm-hmm. The church got a grant to make this place. So like a $400,000 grant in order to build the facility. Um, so that's government money being sent to a church to build a facility to bring tourism into the area that's violating all the COVID rules. Yeah. To the local um, uh, representatives' credit, they are pissed off about this. Yeah. And, you know, threatening never to receive money again, et cetera, et cetera. So it was, it was kind of a, a bit of a kerfuffle around here. But, yeah, religious being be- people being irresponsible. Huh. Weird. That's in local news. <laughs> sure. <laughs> all right. I think that's all we got for this week. Uh, I want to give a thanks to our patrons for supporting the podcast, especially those who could uh, join us here tonight. Really appreciate the uh, feedback and the comments. Uh, if you enjoy the podcast, you can support it by joining on our Patreon page. Or if you can't do that, share the podcast on social media, Facebook, Twitter, or leave a review on iTunes. Uh, if you'd like to contact us again, facebook.com, search for Profane Argument, get to our, our Facebook page, or you can just tweet to us at ProfaneArg. I'd also like to mention shows on the soon-to-be-named network, a network of podcasting. You can catch all the shows on soon-to-be-namednetwork.com, current and archive shows. Again, thanks for listening, and until next time, I'm Ray. I'm Karen. I'm Jared. This is Ian. Thank you. Good night, and may your God go with you. (laughs) 